You're listening to Totten's Tom. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the podcast. We are back and we're here off of riding a high from the Julio Jones news. We released the video early last week and we had to take some extra time in to between soak to really in. like ride the whole thing out, simmer down a little bit, and come back down to earth. What? Um, you've, so you've simmered down. So now we were here. We started here, we were here, and now we're 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 floating easy in the middle. I don't know that I agree with that. I think apparently you haven't been watching the videos from mini camp or seeing the pictures. So, anyways, if you don't know, I'm Tanner Staggs. <laughs> this is my brother Tyler Staggs. We're the host of the Titans Time Podcast. We're back. We're here to talk about the Tennessee Titans. And Tyler, I know that you went to the Tennessee Titans garage sale this past Saturday, and I'd like to talk about about that a little bit because one, I didn't even know that was a thing. And I didn't either until this year. Right. And so I feel like I should have known that that was a thing just because, you know, I mean, I like to think that I do stay at least a little bit up to date more than the average person or more than even the above average Titans fan. I like to think that I stay up to date, but I didn't even know about this whole deal. Um, well, so there, there just talk be, a little bit about it. There could be a good reason for that. Like I said, I didn't know about it because really it's for season ticket members. Right. So yeah. this is the first year that you know, me and my wife are season ticket members. So this is, I mean, that would be the reason for our first time hearing about it. But man, they have some awesome deals there. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Went and found a lot more of these bobbleheads. <laughs> like a, a almost like, <laughs> People click into the video and it's like an almost like creepy Titans army just like st- <laughs> staring them right down in the I face. Mean, look, the the table's a little bit more crowded than it, usual. It's a lot more crowded than usual. Yeah. It's it, like it's literally like open up the YouTube video and there's two grown men and like a <laughs> a, a whole army of like bobbleheads just like coming at them. <laughs> so for if this is the first time you're watching one of our videos, used to all we had was the Keith Bullet bobblehead and the Derrick Henry bobblehead. Now we have every season ticket member bobblehead that they've given out, except for the Kevin Byard one that's going out this year. Don't have that one yet. Would love to find it. But found all of these. Somebody hooked this guy up because he really wants all the bobbleheads. (laughs) I I do. All all the bobbleheads. I mean, you're going to be mad at me for saying this, but bobbleheads creep me out. Like, they creep me out. Well, good thing they're not your bobbleheads. I know, so. I know. I mean, <laughs> but, I'm glad they're they're on your side of the table and they're not facing because <laughs> I wouldn't be able to focus on on the. But I mean, they don't blink. They just like <laughs> they they nod. Yeah, <laughs> but two dollars a bobblehead, so not bad. That's pr- that is pretty solid actually. Was able to find some Roger Saffold and Tier Tart game pants, ten dollars a piece. And the most expensive thing there is current players on the team game jerseys. And even those are only $100. So not a bad deal at all. We'll say, if you're going to go to it, though, you need to get there early. Because <laughs> yeah. for one, you're going to be standing in line for a while. So you might want to bring you a little chair, 
nice comfy chair, just sit down, relax, chill, talk to people. If you get there later, you're just This is be- not some information that you're supposed to like not be, you know, leaking out to non season ticket members, right? I mean, if they're non-season ticket members, they're not going to be able to go. That, yeah, okay. Because they that, can't get yeah. the tickets to get in. I got you. So, but Just an just, incentive to become a season ticket holder. Exactly. And just the amount of stuff they have there, I'm going to try and get there earlier next year just to see some of the extra stuff because if you're not one of the first people there, you can miss out on some things. So how many events like this have you been enlightened about that you had no idea about before you became a season ticket member? Uh, there's been a couple of events like this, and I'm sure there's still more to come. So I'm I'm excited about it and ready to be a season ticket member for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that um, we've, you know, kind of shared our little story here, let's tell everybody how they need to help support us and what they can do to kind of help us out. Well, Obviously, one of the big things they can do is they can go and subscribe either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're on YouTube, hit that post notification button, you know, just the little bell. That way you never miss when we upload a video. And just leaving us some comments, questions. We love the interaction, whether it's on the podcast apps or on YouTube. We look at all the comments. And, of course, liking and sharing the videos from YouTube. And, honestly, the simplest thing that you can do is just go and check us out on social media because that, honestly, even as much as it helps us out, it more just like we just enjoy being on there and talking back and forth with other people that like the Titans more than the fact that it helps us out and boosts us, obviously, on whichever social media platform it is. We love the interaction. But... Uh, the ones that we're most active on on Twitter, it's Titans underscore time. Facebook, you can just find us by looking up Titans time. And then on Instagram, Titans time podcast. Um, still going to keep a pause on the website for right now. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, let's get into the show because... I mean, look, right quick. I got to give him credit. The man has been putting in work on this website. I'm talking hours upon hours of trying to get this thing ready and more user-friendly and just several different tabs to help you find out more about the podcast basically it's it's going to point you more towards the the things that the podcast is actually about um and not the things that we were doing when we first started so it's basically just updated and it's going to be a lot better it has some bugs right now though that i'm trying to work through just give him a little bit more time and he's going to have it ready to go for you guys there, there are some bugs uh but anyways um let's get into the show because we've got some topics today that even though you know we've had the Julio Jones stuff for the past couple of weeks, and we've been talking about that, we were excited about that. Um, and honestly, that's an exciting thing. I mean, Julio Jones, it, I, I'm look, still not over it. Just right quick, have you seen the picture of him from minicamp where he's, I mean, just skying up and grabbing this ball out yeah, of the air? Yeah, I've also seen one of Derrick Henry that looks kind of similar. True. But <laughs> we don't know for sure how high Derrick Henry was off the ground. We can see about how high Julio was off the yeah. ground, though. About how high, which is very high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, the Julio Jones stuff, man. I mean, just got to get it out there one more time. It's absolutely insane that the Titans have went from a point where they have went like decades, not necessarily decades, but like a decade and a half, without really having that 
franchise wide receiver that really stands out, that's really that guy that you're like, man, that's like a Hall of Fame wide receiver that played for the team for a long extended period of time. And like in that time, he was one of the guys in the league. And now they've got Julio Jones, who's been that guy for years, and A.J. Brown, who is coming into a point where he's going to be that guy. Yeah, he can learn from Julio and just pick his brain about so many more, just so much more things that can make A.J. even more dynamic. Right. So I just wanted to put that out there. Anyways, let's get off at the Julio topic because we have kind of pounded on that for about three weeks. Um, So now – We've got some topics today that I'm excited to get on and talk about because it's just something different. It's something that, you know, well, you know, I was just kind of kicking around some different ideas in my head and I feel like it's going to just be some fun things to talk about, just something different, something different. And, you know, I mean, it's more just our opinions than anything. Like our opinions on how certain players and how certain things are going to go for the team throughout the rest of the offseason and in this next season. So, first up, um, do you think that the Titans are done making moves with the roster? And if not, let's get into some of the things that we think that they're going to do, what positions they could be adding to, what players are available there. And then also we've got some some words coming out of Jim White that are promising if there is a certain position you want the Titans to be adding to. I don't think the Titans are done making moves. Um, you know, obviously with how bad the defense was last year, I could still see them wanting to add some more players to the defensive side of the ball. Where would they add on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, I think you have to add edge rush because still, still because even though we have, I feel like very much improved from what we had last year. Just we had. A terrible number of sacks last year, but it, but and, they've. I mean, they've. I'm kind of against you on this. Okay, not gonna lie, I'm, I'm kind of against and, you on I this. Mean, that, that's fine because, because I'm. It, I'm just gonna say I think they're almost set at edge rush. I mean, okay, I can see maybe a depth guy, maybe a depth well, guy, maybe like Melvin Ingram if you can bring him in on a good deal. I, I can see it. I just I think there's other places to go. I, I'm just saying there's. I could see them maybe bringing a guy in like that. You know, a lot of people are talking about tight end, and yeah, maybe it wouldn't hurt to add another guy to that tight end group. Just at me. Uh, Just at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been saying it too. I mean, I'll I'll go on record saying that. I've been saying that we needed to add to the tight end group as well. I believe in Anthony Ferkser. I think he's going to have a great year. But after him, we have... Jeff Swain, and then who? Exactly. I mean, they tried out the basketball player. I mean, right. But if you could add another proven guy to the tight end group just to secure it, you know, really lock it down, then we're solid everywhere on offense. Yeah. So I could see those being two moves that the Titans might do. Yeah, and I'm – Against the edge rush thing. Right. I think if there's going to be a move made anywhere, it's going to be um, at defensive back. On defense. I think if there's going to be a move made on defense, it will be at defensive back. Um, but they've already been doing some things. They're trying some people out, um, having some guys come into camp and just kind of work with them. 
and I think they've even made a signing there. Um, not 100% sure, but I believe today I did see that they ended up making a signing. It's more of a depth guy than anything. But um, you had Kevin Johnson, who you know we thought would well, be a depth guy. I, I don't know really what happened that made him decide to retire, but I don't know. There, there could be a multitude of things. Yeah, really. anyways, uh, I'm not going to sit here and speculate on that because it's not really even worth my time. Um, We're, answer our question, why did you retire? <laughs> so... I don't necessarily think that they are going to add there. I wouldn't hate it if they did. But the one place that I'm thinking of is tight end. And, you know, I have a little bit of backing on that. Well, and I, mean, I, coming... I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to upset you when well, I said that, you know, some no, people hey. are saying tight end. But... All I'm saying is I've got a little bit of backing on that from okay. Jim White, okay, in his little Q&A that he does, um, Mailback Monday, I think. you think I believe he does it every Monday. Either way, regardless um, – he did mention defensive back. You know, he said after Kevin Johnson's retirement, I can't help but wonder if someone else will be added to compete. He said that the edge position has numbers, but if someone of quality is available, I could see another guy added to the mix, Melvin Ingram, someone of quality, add him to the mix. If they can make that happen with the cap and still do something with tight end, I could see that happening. But the thing he said, I could, I still think there will be another addition at tight end. It's just a matter of who and when. Now, Jim White is not the end-all, be-all of what happens with the Tennessee Titans roster. All he is is he's there to report. But he's in the building, okay? He knows what's going on. Did You're going to have to quit slamming did your Did I hit down. the table? I'm getting excited. Well, you, um, you're making all our bobbleheads. Bobble <laughs> look at them. I hit my computer, too. Um, and, now, and I know they freak you out, so I'm just trying to – Yeah, like <laughs> – You're going to square up with they, the bobblehead. They, they have a mind of their own. So, anyways, what I was saying – Jim Wyatt is not the end-all, be-all. You know, He's not the one that is going to be making these decisions. But he's in the building. He probably knows what's up. So, I mean, he if he's saying this, I would say that there's at least a little bit of weight behind it. And so then I start to look at the tight ends that are still available. I don't think that they're going to be making a trade. To me, that just re- that doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, I don't know. I, I just... I don't necessarily think that they're going to be going out and looking to give up, especially any more draft picks. But really, I mean, other than Rashawn Evans, like who on the roster, there's a couple of guys here and there, but off the top of my head, who are you looking to give up necessarily? And definitely not draft picks. Um, But there's tight ends in free agency that are interesting. Are there any that come to your mind just before I get into my guy? Uh, I'm not even sure who all the free agent tight ends are right now. So one guy that I for sure like, and the Titans should be looking at this guy because he's a dude that I'm not going to say he shredded him, but for who he is and where he was on the roster, he kind of, I mean, he at least let him know he was there, you know, and that's Trey Burton for the Colts last season. He was pretty solid. And the dude, he's 6'2", 238. He's fast. He had a really good combine numbers. Now, don't get me wrong. He's a couple of years out of that. He's, I mean, he's he's thirty. He's a he's a little ways out of that combine. A couple stuff. of years out he, of it. Good grief! It's been a little bit, but he's still well, got he, some. He now, ran a good forty at the combine. Now, now he's, he's forty years old yeah, now. He, he's only fifty and may have to, you know. Use a cane for a little limp that he's got, but <laughs> he's he not, can he's still not, get up and down. Listen, the field. he's not that old. Okay, he's thirty for a tight end, especially <laughs> that 
hasn't necessarily like like he has some game experience, but he's not been a starter for how many years has he played? Um, <laughs> he's not been a starter for seven years. He's but he's got enough experience that he could come in and he could help out. Um, last season with the Colts, he had he's had three touchdowns, two hundred and fifty yards. Um, against the Titans, uh, I believe he had three receptions for like sixty yards, and he scored a touchdown. Now that is the game where the Titans put a little bit of a whooping on the Colts. Just gonna put that out there, <laughs> put a little bit of a whooping on them. But he had a good game, and so you've got. You mentioned this earlier. You've got Anthony Ferkser, who is your possession guy. You've got Swain. He's your blocking guy. He's your big, bulky tight end and that he's working is on gonna, his, He's working on his he receiving is, skills. But he's that big guy that that is, I mean, he's going to mess some guys up. He is. He's just going to put his big body, his big hands on some guys, and he's going to do some damage. So you need your dynamic guy like Trey Burton, who's going to be able to go out there, who's going to be able to make some plays with his speed and athleticism. Don't get me wrong. He is 30, but there are older guys that have some athleticism. Like, to me, this is the guy that you go for. Sign him to a one-year deal. See what he can do. He probably doesn't have that much left in the NFL. But 30 for a tight end is most certainly not the end of your career. He's got some juice left. I don't see why they wouldn't add him and try to just add a little bit more into that mix on offense. Yeah, I mean, he could. Be, it sounds like he could be an interesting piece. I mean... That's Tyler Code for I don't want this guy. No, that that's not true because, you know, when you get to hearing names that are out there that you could possibly, your team could possibly trade for everything else, that's kind of where your mind goes. And you know what these players have done. Like... You know, Zach Ertz being mentioned. You know that he's been a starter in the league. He's been a good tight end. Has been injured. Some, but you know what he can do at his full potential. So then when you hear a name where it's like a guy that, okay, he had three receiving touchdowns, 250 yards. Like you just don't think about that but, as much. but they don't need a Zach Ertz right. I mean they've that, got a tight end by committee really almost that they're bringing to the table this season and when you look at this guy at what he did um even when he he played in 15 games for the Eagles uh in 2017 he only started one but he had 23 receptions for 248 yards he scored five touchdowns now you look at when he was with Chicago in 2018 and he started all 16 games. He had 54 receptions, 569 yards, scored six touchdowns. Like, see, okay, here's the difference. I'm just, I'm right. just here's, putting out here's, what he did last season. Well, what threw me off is whenever you were throwing this name out there, you were like, he's not a starter. You know, he hasn't been a starter. Well, he has so been a starter it, to me, for one season. To me, it sounded like he hasn't been a starter at all. and Well, he it, has in the past, but... Right, but that's what I'm getting at. You start throwing out stuff like that, and it becomes a little bit more appealing because, like you said, with the tight end by committee, it's like, okay, we're not asking him to go out there and put up these numbers. Yeah, we're not week. asking him to do what he did in 2018. Right. What we he just, did in 2020 with the Colts, he only played in 13 games. He started four. I mean... We need... 
We need someone that if something were to happen to Ferkser, he can go out there, move the chains for us, and catch touchdowns. Yeah, and he's a little bit more of a playmaker. He's going to be able to make bigger plays than Ferkser. He's not necessarily going to be that possession guy. He's that guy that Tannehill might hit across the middle because there's all this focus on Julio Jones. There's all this focus on A.J. Brown. And when there's not focus on those guys, the focus is in the backfield because you have an absolute 350-pound behemoth back there. And this guy's just running across the middle, catching the football and running for a touchdown. I mean, if he scores three – if Titans sign him, he scores three touchdowns next season for him, and, you know, only catches 30 balls, that's still a success if they sign him on a one-year deal. I mean, that's definitely, like I said, an interesting name, and that's not Tyler Code for I don't want this guy. I mean, that could be an interesting signing. Legit. I don't need you on my side. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, you get mad when I call when I say something about people wanting tight ends, and then when I back you up, you're you get mad and all butt hurt. And but I will say, Melvin Ingram is an extremely enticing name, and I I believe I did say earlier actually, um, without even meaning to, that I was against Edge, um, and then I believe I came back after that and said that I wouldn't hate it if they did yeah, get it, an Edge. It, but either way. Because you get to thinking about it a little bit. Well, more here's in your life. here's the thing. I'm against it in certain scenarios, but if it's the right deal and it's Melvin Ingram, like he can bring a lot to the team. You know, if you've got Bud Dupree and Harold Landry and Melvin Ingram coming at you, that's like how can how can a team have a wide receiver duo like Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and have a running back like Derrick Henry and then on the defensive side have an edge trio like Melvin Ingram and Bud Dupree and uh, Harold Landry. His name slipped my mind for a minute. <laughs> the only way that that can happen is that the cap space is fake. I mean, or you just have a really good GM that knows how to make things work. And makes deals off of a pontoon boat. That that has to be like the most boss move. <laughs> like like 100%. Like all you other GMs are sweating it out up in your office like, trying to make something happen before the team hits the field he's, come this fall. And I'm literally backstroking in Percy Priest making phone calls. He's kicked back on his pontoon boat. You know he's got a big dip in, probably drinking an ice cold beer. Or something. Why, why has he got a big dip in? Because, I mean, he has a dip in in when they're in their draft room and everything. So I just okay, I, mean, I, why, mean, I didn't see. Why not? I, hey, why not? Put it if you want to dip, put it in. Uh, I don't that's know. What I'm saying. Why not? He's kicked back, dip in, beer in hand, phone in the other. Like, hey, let's, just, <laughs> like, let, let's get this shit done. Come on. I, you got Julio Jones. I want Julio Jones. Let's make something happen yeah. here. So now we've got one more thing that are, – are we done talking about things that people they could add to the roster, positions that they could add to? I mean, I mean really, in my opinion, that's about it. You've got about three spots that they could add to, right, and that's and edge, tight end, and defensive back. And unless you want to bring like Frank Wachek back as tight end, you know, in bobblehead form or normal form, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so 
I've got a guy that I want to talk about that is going to be stepping into a bigger role this season. That's why I want to bring him up uh, because we talked about him uh, last offseason when we started the podcast. This was a guy we talked about that we thought could step into a slot cornerback role rather than – I don't know why we didn't see this back when we were talking about it last offseason – how did we not see with Amani Hooker that this was the way things were going to happen? That Kenny Vaccaro was going to be leaving and Amani Hooker stepping into that role? How? Because at the time, Vaccaro was healthy. We thought we were going to be coming into the season that, you know, obviously you don't like to think about injuries or a player getting hurt, anything like that. But Vaccaro got hurt, which gave Amani Hooker the chance to step in this past season. And after he stepped in and you know, did his thing. Then the team was able to look at Vaccaro and be like, okay, we can let him go after this year. Right. So that's why we didn't see that happening. And here's a point that I want to bring up. I think that this exact situation is where we have to open our minds a little bit and think, I mean, this is what those third, fourth, fifth, even going into the sixth and seventh, this is what those draft picks are for. This is where you're laying a foundation to where these guys that are getting on up there in age, not necessarily even thinking about injury, but these guys that are that are getting up there in age, that their production level is going to be dropping. This is where, why you're laying a foundation in the draft for those guys to be replaced. I mean, it is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. It really, it really is. is. It 100%. I know. Um Stop. Stop copying me. A little, little creepy there. Um, it, it just, what have you done for me lately? Kenny Vaccaro did not do a whole lot last season. And, I mean, he played in 13 games. What's the main thing that he did? He got a sack. That's about it. He, reco- he recovered a fumble. He got a sack. He didn't do that much. Is that a result of the defense just not being great last year? Well, I don't know. Amani Hooker had four interceptions. So, could could it just be I don't right know. place, right time? It could be. Uh, I have no idea. But I, anyways, I don't know how we didn't see that coming. Uh, and I just wanted to say that before we got into our talks about what our expectations are for Amani Hooker this next season. And I have high expectations. I don't know about you. But I most certainly have high expectations. I do too, just because you would assume – that he's going to be the other starting safety. Yeah, I don't think there's any other way to go about it. I mean, that, of course, that's what we would assume. So if he is taking that role, for one, the leadership, I mean, he's going to have to get some leadership about him, especially with these younger guys coming in. All these vets, they're going to have to be teaching these younger guys. He's going to have to, he's going to be getting more playing time. So you want that playing time to equal more success out on the field because that's what we've seen the past couple seasons from him is when his playing time has increased. His production has his, increased. His production on the defensive side has increased. So you want to see that continuing to happen, especially, like I said, first year hopefully starting as our safety opposite of Kevin Byard. Now, let's not lay out unrealistic expectations here because, like you said earlier, I think a lot of these four interceptions 
right place, right time. Um, so I don't want to lay like a real heavy burden here on what we're expecting for Amani Hooker. I mean, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Last year's really the only time we've really seen a big sample size of what he can do. Um, if he can even come close to being in that three, four, five interception range, I think that's a success for Amani Hooker if he's starting next season. I do too. I mean, that was – I wasn't going to drive like his interception numbers up or anything like that. I think he could still be in that – four to five range right i mean i feel like that's realistic i think that his passes broken up or deflected you know we may see that number jump up quite a bit and his tackles mainly we just need to see this guy making plays that you know i mean we don't need to see him making mistakes that are costing you know first downs that are costing big gains, touchdowns even. I mean, if he's out there making smart plays that really, you know, sometimes lacked from Kenny Vaccaro last season. I mean, don't get me wrong, he had a decent season, but there's a reason that Amani Hooker is on this roster and Kenny Vaccaro is not, and it doesn't have to do 100% with cap space. I mean, it's a big, big contributor there, but well, younger and- – Faster. About say, that was the main point I was going to make is faster. I mean, he can, whereas Vaccaro had, would have had to rely more on his instincts. veteran instincts. Yeah. You know, Hooker can start developing those instincts and he's got the speed to make up for it. Like if he does, if something does go wrong, like, or if he's, trying to chase someone down to keep them from scoring a big touchdown, he can actually catch up to them there. You know, we've seen instances last year where Vaccaro was just lacking the Yeah, so I think that it, it is safe to say we are expecting Amani Hooker to take a little bit of a step forward this next season. Um, now, I don't think that necessarily we're expecting him to come out and be, you know, a top safety in the league, you know. Him taking a step forward, making a little bit of progression, that's exactly what I expect from him, and I'll be 100% happy with that. Uh, but I'm ready. He's one of my favorite players on the defense. I really do think so. Um, I like watching him play, and I'm excited that he's getting this opportunity this next season. I am too. I'm Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm ready to see what he can do with the starting safety role. Ho- for, hopefully. Hopefully for the entire season. Right. Uh, that's all that I've got. I don't know if you have anything else you want to throw into the show. I don't have anything else. So that's it, guys, for this week's episode of Titans Time. Thanks for listening. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up. Tighten up.